If you would find the verse, uh, Ephesians 2, 8 through 10 today, uh, it, uh, verse 10 is what we're using for Bible schools, our focal verse. But um, Bible school is going to get the child version. You all today are going to get the adult version, okay? So really, some really deep stuff here. And with all that, I'll still try to be the simple man that I try to be. Let me read it to you, Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God, not a result of works so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship. Our, our, our VBS t-shirts are gonna say masterpiece created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Let's pray together. Father, help me to be a plain preacher today, so plain that a child would understand me. Help me to be in tune to your Holy Spirit, any word of knowledge you give to me to speak to a person or their situation. If you prompt me with it, Lord, I wanna be obedient to speak to it. Lord, you look at all of us today, but you see me differently. I'm your teacher, I'm your preacher, and upon me is a greater judgment than anybody in this room. And I know that, and I accept my place in rightly dividing your word. It's in the name of Jesus I pray, his name that I preach. Amen. You can be seated. It's good to see you guys. Verse 10 is going to be the area that our vacation Bible school focuses on. I'm going to incorporate verses 8 and 9 into it, but main focus even with you all today is going to be verse 10. When you look at verses 8 and 9, you know that salvation is God's gift of grace to us. It's not us. It is God. It's his work. So we have to watch that it's not our work or that we claim it to be our work because only then we will boast in what we have done. I want you to look at Galatians chapter 6, verse 14. And I, 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 love, I love this verse. Uh, when I was handling this verse, prepping for the sermon, I, I really pushed back from my desk, uh, my office at home. I pushed back from it and I said, this is such a beautiful verse. It's a beautiful picture of our Lord and it's a beautiful picture of how we should react. But far be it from me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Guys, he has given us, he has given us not because we deserve it. He gave it to us when we didn't deserve it. It's just the expression of love for us. Far be it from me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. We certainly want to exalt the first part of that, boasting about the cross of Jesus. But in this sermon today, we're even gonna highlight the second part of this, which talks about the, the, world, the world and its influence on me has been crucified as well. So grace, mercy, salvation, sacrifice, good works, it's all his, all of it. It's the work of God. One man wrote, he said, it's not so much that we talk about how much we work for God, as it is about how much God works in us. Did, did you hear that? Because you could pass that up real quickly. Okay, you could, you could, you could let it 
let it go in and out. But do you hear that? It's not so much about your work for him as you allow his work to happen in you. So looking on Ephesians 2.10, I want to break it down. Uh, really want to focus on we are his workmanship. Uh, the, we are his creation. You may have a version that says that. Or in, in, in line with our vacation Bible school focus, uh, we are his masterpiece. This, this creation here, this workmanship creation masterpiece, and, and hear this so you won't get the sermon. This is a foundational part. That it, this is not about the mere creation of humanity. All right, this is not, we're not talking about people being made in his image here, not just the physical creation of us. This is talking about God's recreation of us. In a sister passage that goes right along with it, a matching, a matching verse of scripture is 2 Corinthians 5, 17. You've used it, we've used it. We give it a reference when we have baptism. Uh, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation, a recreation. We're not talking about when humanity was put on the planet here. We're talking about when he did his work in us, we became a brand new person. We became a brand new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new, the new has come. When Christ recreates you, it is a new life with a new nature and even a new vision of how to be able to serve and be on mission with him. It, it, we're just a brand new person. Now this matches, I'm a whole counsel of God guy, you probably know that, you probably don't know to use that phrase to describe my preaching and teaching, but I'm a, I'm a whole counsel of God guy. I, I, I see it all and how does it all come together? So when we talk about this recreation that only God can do, nobody else can do it. When we talk about this recreation and this new birth, it matches John 3. And John 3 is where Jesus said to Nicodemus, Nicodemus, you've got to be, can you all finish it for me? You gotta be born again. What are we talking about? We're talking about a second birth. We're talking about a spiritual recreation of a new person. You have got to be born again. It matches the writings of 1 Peter, which he says, we, we give thanks to God who has begotten us again by a new birth. It's a matching verse that goes with it that when we're talking about this in Ephesians 2.10, we're not talking about when he created people. We're talking about when he has remade you and there is a recreation of you. You are born again and you must be born again. It must happen. So creation, workmanship, masterpiece is a, is a whole picture of a result that only God can put together. I was reading Max Anders and he said, it becomes a great picture of how artistic God is and the craftsmanship that he has. In our words with Bible school, what a masterpiece you become. Uh, I want you to see this in Philippians 1.6. You know it, but I want to remind you. 
It says, I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Christ. Folks, listen, I'm, I'm gonna be 63 in July. And there's days I think I'm 20, and there's days that I feel like I'm 70, you know? Um, I was talking to a, a guy last night in Harrodsburg that used to pastor Harrodsburg Baptist Church. His name was Bob DeFore. And I first knew Bob back in the 80s, middle 80s. And um, we, uh, we were chatting back and forth about old times and I was the young, youngster preacher, you know. Uh, he's been retired for a number of years. And he goes, I just remember when you all were mobile all those years. He goes, could you do that again? And I said, oh Lord, no. <laughs> no, I don't think I could, I could do that again. I, I, I might could have a little part in it, but I, what I did in my mid-30s when we planted Hope Church, I don't know that I could continue that again. But here's, here's this. Here's why I'm, I'm, we're getting older. We all are. But his work, his work is continuing in us maturing us and molding us what to be like Christ. And that's gonna happen until the day of Christ. That's gonna happen until uh, we are called home or the Lord comes back. Uh, he, what he starts in us, he finishes in us. I wanna, I wanna get this really simple. Um, God's grace and our faith in him, God's salvation begins, begins and in, in, in the world's workmanship ends. I, I, this is an important part. I'm gonna go back to Galatians 6.14 for a moment. I told you we would exalt the first part. We, boast, we don't boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. And here's the second part by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. There seems to be a fixation today because I think people are making up their own theologies. I think they're making up their own ways of following Christ. And I think they attribute things to Christ that Christ doesn't even attribute to himself. And my point in that is when his recreation in you begins, the workmanship of the world stops. Do you see that? When you and I are born again, John 3, 1 Peter, when we are born again and that recreation happens, his workmanship begins and the world's workmanship stops. Look what it says here. If I'm going to boast, Paul says, I'm going to boast in the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ because it transformed him, it transforms us by which the world has been crucified. The influence of all of Paul's past world, the workmanship has stopped. It's been crucified to me and I have been crucified to the world. It is dead. What, what we're missing today is we're missing the fact that in the recreation of you, where his grace is there and salvation is there and our faith in him is there, that somehow we can still live in the world and somehow we can still follow the Lord. 
at the moment of surrender of our lives, his workmanship begins, the world's workmanship stops. The world no longer molds me. The world no longer shapes me. The world no longer makes me. I'll live in this world and I'll hear its philosophies and even some of its logic. But Paul says, I take all things captive in my mind so that I bring it to the obedience of Christ himself. I will still hear the world trying to mold and make and shape and form me, but I've got, I'll hear it and I will capture it and then I will bring it to the obedience of Christ. It is not meant to mold you ever again. Do you see that? I want to ask you, do you feel that? That's the transformation that goes on. If we're not careful, we will have people say things like, well, I'm, I know you think that's sinful, but I'm still living in it because this is what God has done in me. I want to tell you something. I'll let you decipher it. I'll let you work with it. But I want you to know that demons believe, yet they tremble. People could say, well, I've got, I've got a belief in this and I've got a belief in that. Demons believe. They know who Jesus is. Can I get real simple? Because he made them. They were once his angels. And they had a choice. And they made a choice to not follow him or serve him any longer. If you see anything in demonic activity in the scriptures, you never go, hey Jesus, I want you to meet this demon. Demon, I want you to meet this Jesus. They already know him. And James, our friend, my friend James, because I refer to him a lot, it's a simple, simple epistle, but he tells us that even demons believe and yet they tremble. So what, what is, what's the preacher trying to say? Are you saying that in your mind? I'm glad you are. I know it's a rhetorical question, but I'm gonna answer it. Well, what does this mean? A biblical sinful lifestyle should never fit us. It should be the most uncomfortable thing you have ever been in in your life. A, I said a biblical sinful. A biblical sinful lifestyle should never fit us, ever. It should make us uncomfortable, completely uncomfortable. Why? Because you're a new creation. The world's workmanship on you has stopped. And God's workmanship on you has begun. You are under a new management now, and you're in a new nature. Some live in a biblical sinful behavior, and it feels natural to them. It just feels like that's who they are. And my point is, I have to warn you. I, as a pastor, have to warn you. Is it fun? It's not fun. That's why I'm giving you the adult version. We'll handle the kid version tonight. That's why I'm giving you the adult version today. It's no fun. It's no fun to have to warn you. But I, I, I fear for people who look at a biblical sinful behavior, whatever that is, whatever that is, 
and it feels natural to them and it fits. As a pastor, I grieve for them. As a pastor, I mourn for them. And as a pastor, I have to warn them. I, I wanna go back, I want you to look at Galatians 5, 16 through 21. Um, this, this, is, this is a description of Paul. I've used this before, we'll use it again. But I say, walk by the Spirit. When you're saved, when God does this recreation in you, His Holy Spirit is living in you. Uh, Paul writes in other places, the Holy Spirit comes in and He fills your life and He is a deposit of all that is to come and a guarantee of all that is to come. Walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. They are opposed. Hang on. They always have been and they always will be. They are opposed. They are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things that you want to do. But if you are led by the spirit, you're not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. I've given you this list before. A lot of them are sexual. A lot of them aren't. So don't, I'm not just telling you to focus on the sexual ones. Even when I said I gave you the adult version, that made you look at me kind of weird. Uh, now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry. We're getting into the occult now. Sorcery enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgy. And again, I've pointed this out. I think Paul gets tired of writing the list and he says, and things like these, things like these. Do you see the next three, three words? I warn you, I warn you as I have warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. A man who molded my life greatly was a guy named Gerald Borchert, Dr. Borchert, one of the smartest men I think I've known. Uh, a Princeton Divinity degree and a Princeton Law degree. He influenced me so greatly. I remember one day he had that uh, Vincent Price, if you remember him, some of you who are younger don't know who I'm talking about, but Vincent Price had that, that real stoic and that deep voice and it made him, you would think he was an authority on every, everything by the way that he spoke. But uh, Dr. Borchardt said this to me, he said, uh, he said, Jeff, he said, scripture does one or two things. It gives you great assurance or it gives you great warning. He said, it does both. You'll find great assurance and you'll find great warning. And the warning is, I even had this conversation with a person the other day. I said, you know, if you want me to make it simple, just don't be on the list. Study what that list is and don't be on it. Folks, if we're not careful, we'll get to a point where we have a Jesus that won't shut the door on anybody. We'll get to a Jesus that just welcomes everything. You remember the parable of the bridegrooms? The, the, the bridesmaids were waiting. You know, it just reminds you of the song, give me oil in my lamp, keep it burning, burning, burning. You got it right, okay? You want me to sing it? Say no, because I don't want to. 
So uh, they have oil in their lamp. Some of them don't. They go back to town to buy oil. While they're gone, the, the groom comes. They go to the wedding feast. They shut the door. The people who went to town to get the oil came back, let us in. They opened the door. They shut the door. I, 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 want, I want to tell you something. Some of us act this way. We can act this way. But it's his eternity. And he's made a decision who gets it and who doesn't. I, I can't be any more simple than that. He's made a decision who gets it and who doesn't get it. He, he, I know you want a Jesus that doesn't shut the door, but he'll shut the door. I know you, we get to a passage that says, he looks at them, they've done works, but they've not let him work in them. And he said, I never knew you. Depart from me, I never knew you. There's a scarier passage for me. The one I'm about to mention is scarier. Peter writes, it's better to have never known the truth than to know it and turn your back. I'm going, what could be worse? But he says it's better. I, I just, listen, when I boast, when I realize all that Christ has, I told you this was the adult version, right? He, he, what does he desire then? Is it his desire to be the door shutter? Is it his desire to say, I, I never knew you? Is it his desire to not let you in? No, his desire is to do his work in you. His desire is to make you, not only make you human, but to make you his own creation, a new creation, a recreation, and it's only made possible through Christ Jesus. Back to the child version. They'll never, the masterpiece that we will declare to them this week can only happen through Christ. It's not gonna be hitting at how much you make a year and where you live and what company you work for. The only way he can make his masterpiece is his work is being done in and through us. So we do it for good, good, uh, for good works, James 2, 26. He says that faith, he said faith produces works. We have faith and it produces good works in line with Ephesians 2, 12. It's not, it's not faith without works, that, that faith is dead. It's faith that produces works, that's God's process, that's his intention. Look at Galatians 6, 9, and I wanna encourage us with this. Let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap. We will reap if we don't give up. And this doing good part is letting him do his work in you, in you, letting him do his work in you. And that is creating this workmanship, this creation, this masterpiece. You know, the, the, uh, the Greek word for this workmanship of creation is poema. It's the word, it really is the word poem. That God uses you and he does his work in you so that he can tell his story through you. Amen. And it's always gonna be a story of grace and mercy and salvation and love and forgiveness. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be a story of God's calling with everything in this. This is gonna be a story of God's faithfulness in your life.
You're his poem. You're his creation, recreation. You're his workmanship. You're his masterpiece. And through that, he, he will tell his story in and through your life. So you're, you're going, well, what are we gonna be teaching the kids tonight? What, what am I teaching you? I'm teaching you that it's his desire to begin this work in you. Peter also writes, he doesn't want anyone to perish, but he wants them all to come to repentance. You're going, I can lead a lifestyle that makes the Lord angry, you can but he's slow to that anger. It says God is slow to that anger. He doesn't want anyone to perish. He wants all to come to repentance. My message to you today is also the same message we will give the kids this week. I beg you to let him do it. Let him begin his work in you. Let him re create you. It's a transformation process. And I ask that you let it begin today. Some sections of the sermon are warning. Some sections of the sermon are great assurance that what he begins in you, he will bring to completion. It'll be his work until the day of Christ. Let's pray. Father, I pray over our people today. I don't, know, uh, I don't know what you did. I know what you did in this sermon with me, but I don't know what you've done in this sermon with other people today. I don't know how your Holy Spirit has taken this. But Lord, I pray we can say in the words of Paul in our prayer, I boast on nothing except for the cross of Jesus Christ. And today I declare that the world is done with me and that I am done with the world. We pray the prayer of King David. Lord, give me a new heart and create a steadfast spirit within me. Transform me and transform me now. We ask for the work of your Holy Spirit because we know your Holy Spirit draws us to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We pray that happen. It's in the name of Jesus, I pray, and we pray together, amen. The invitation is this, whosoever will, for whatever reason today, you come. Church, would you stand? Counselors, would you come find your place? The team's gonna lead us, you come.